Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Wow, it's so good to be in the house of God, hey? It's really, really good to see you. As Tim was sharing at uh, offering time, I remember when he first got his license and had a car, he would always be making sure he had room to pick up some people to take to youth group or church. I remember sometimes he'd be an hour late home from church. I said, where were you? He said, oh, there's a young guy there and he needed a lift home and he'd be about half an hour's drive away. And Tim did that for many, many years because he learnt the power of bringing someone or helping someone in need. God's so good. When we were worshiping, yeah, let's give Tim a hand for being a faithful man of God. While we were worshiping earlier on, singing that name of Jesus, wasn't that so powerful? My spirit was just lifting up. And then I saw this very incredible thing. It was like a neon light with the name Jesus flashing over the top of some people's minds and heads. I thought, well, that's awesome. Jesus is there all over us. And the picture changed. And next minute I saw your name over your head. And then I saw the name of Jesus and your name flashing together, which would normally bring confusion, but I could still see both clearly. And I was like the Lord saying, my authority is over your life. And in my authority, you've got your identity. So now you're free to live. And so together, I just saw these lights shining with the name of Jesus and your first name over your heads just shining together. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? And he wants to remind us, because I'm going to preach today about <clears throat> the victory we have and the authority we have in Christ. The enemy attacks our identity. He attacks our confidence. Why don't we reach up to heaven for a moment? Father, I just thank you that you are the one who restores our identity. You give us confidence. Your authority is over our lives. And I pray right now as we share and open up the Word of God, it will just come alive to all of our hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for freedom over our lives. Be free. Thank you for the authority of Christ in our lives that we can live in freedom, in victory. I pray for your Holy Spirit to speak to all of our lives right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's take our seats. So I hope you're watching Church News. What time's church next Sunday? No, it's not. It's two weeks' time. See, you weren't listening. I tricked you. It's the 8th of July is NADOC service. Next Sunday is normal services. So some of you would have showed up at 9 next week. Ah, oh, we see, we're checking you out to see how well you listen. Next Sunday's normal services. Two weeks' time, we're doing a combined service at 9 o'clock. And we'll have about 80 or 100 Indigenous people here. We'll have the Lily Pilly Choir singing. Matty will be out with his didgeridoo worshipping Jesus. And we're going to have an amazing home-cooked damper happening. And it's going to be a great time. And uh, Pastor Mary Lynn's going to preach because the theme is... Because of her, we can. And it's going to be honoring the women of God across our nation, and uh, especially Indigenous women. So it's going to be a great day. Two weeks' time. So next, next Sunday, you can come at 10.30, have your sleep in, and you'll be fine. God's good. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Now you're all alert because you might, I might ask you another question. You'll be thinking, well, I better get this one right. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. It says, who gives us the victory, making us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. The next verse, verse 58, I preached on last week about being steadfast. It goes on and says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, 
steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile, it is never wasted or to no purpose. You've got to have verse 57 before you have verse 58. You can be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord if you get verse 57, which says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory, makes us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Today I want to talk about the authority we have in Jesus Christ and the authority He has over our lives. The Passion Version of these verses says, but we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So now... Beloved ones, stand firm and secure. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. That's a powerful thought, isn't it? Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. And we can have that when we know who we are in Jesus and who Jesus is in us. We know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes, us, makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. So today, we just want to be reminded that we have our victory in Christ. How do we have that? Through our faith. It says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So trusting, believing, our faith in Christ gives us a place of victory, where we believe the Word of the Lord greater than the Word of circumstances or other people's opinions or the lies of the enemy. We, we know we have uh, victory by the Word of God that is powerful, it's truth, and you've just got to be reading the Scripture and all of a sudden your world changes because you see the true reality of what's going on. We have uh, victory by the power of the Holy Spirit, and the power of the Spirit within is so incredibly awesome. That's why this Wednesday and Thursday, Marilyn and I are sharing with our region pastors and leaders and others coming from uh, Toowoomba and Brisbane and Sunshine Coast here to our church, we'll have 60 or 70 pastors and leaders, and leaders in our church are welcome to come, where we're going to share four sessions on how to live in victory, how to let the power of the Spirit flow, how to pray and minister our healing to people's lives, some of the things God's been doing here, how to have an encounter culture where people come to Christ every week in our, in our church. We had two first-time decisions in the first service today, and we believe every week for people to come to Christ. And so uh, if you're a leader, you're welcome to come, um, 3.30 on Wednesday afternoon, 7 o'clock Wednesday night, and then 9 o'clock um, Thursday morning through. And uh, we're just going to have a great time of inspiring pastors and leaders. But we overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what a gift that is in our lives. We also have victory by living a righteous life. When you live a right life, a righteous life, you avoid a whole lot of problems that happen when you're doing dumb stuff when we're living or hanging out with the wrong crowd or when we're making choices that leave us vulnerable. So you will have victory and strength sometimes by just doing the right thing and avoiding being in the places or people that will lead you astray. And Ashley shared about that at uh, communion time. How awesome would it have been to be with Jesus? Walking, seeing the miracles, seeing the people raised from the dead, Seeing that little bit of food multiplied and feed the thousands, I reckon the disciples, they were having the most amazing time of their life until Luke 9, 1 and 2, all of a sudden their world changed. Look what happened. Then Jesus called together the 12 apostles and gave them power and authority 
over all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to announce and preach the kingdom of God and to bring healing. Their party was over. They were having such a great time. Jesus said, okay, you've learned enough. Out you go, and you do what I've been doing. I reckon some of them are thinking, what? Jesus, this was so much fun. What an amazing journey we're on. Until Jesus said, okay, it's your turn. Some of us are like that too. We want God to do everything for us. He says, but you step up and learn to live in your authority, in your confidence, in your freedom, in your faith. And so the good news was he didn't send them out on their own. He said, I give you power, which is the word dunamis, which we get dynamite from. And I give you authority, which comes from the word exousia, which is that place of authority and influence and God gave them all that they needed in power and authority, and he does the same to you and I today. Because we look at Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it says, Then Jesus came close to them and said, All the authority of the universe has been given to me. This is the Passion Version. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you, and never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. I love that thought. Never forget. In other words, it means we do forget sometimes. How often we're in a tough situation, we say, Jesus, where are you? He says, I'm right here, just like I said. But we get, we get consumed with the problem, the need, the sickness, the pain, the pressure, and the reality that Jesus is right there with us and inside of us. And he's given us all authority and all power, but we get intimidated and pressured and confounded by the other things that are around us. He says, don't forget, I'm with you always, and you'll know he's with you always when you're doing what he's asked you to do. Go and share the gospel. Live in my authority and my power. So if you want to live in victory, your number one, you need to know Jesus has all authority. He has all authority. The enemy sometimes bluffs us and thinks, well, I'm going, to, I'm going to destroy your life. He's out to steal and destroy. You've got to realize that Satan was Lucifer, who was a created angel that thought he was better than he was, was thrown, had a big tumble, and he's had a headache ever since. And you've got to realize that Jesus defeated him and do not let his intimidation control your life. Because in Christ, we are overcomers. He's given us all authority, all power that he has for us to live out in the name of Jesus. Not to make us be important, but in Christ, we're overcomers. Matthew 9, 6. The big issue with Jesus when he... It wasn't about they were debating whether the miracles actually happened or not or his philosophy and teaching and beliefs, the big question was always, who gave you authority to do this? Remember, they kept on saying, who gave you authority to heal the sick? Who gave you authority to say you can forgive people's sins? Who gave you the authority to teach these truths about God? This is when the four guys brought their, their friend who was paralyzed on the stretcher to Jesus. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to man. I love this story. This guy's obviously paralyzed, could have been paralyzed most or all of his life. 
He's lowered down in front of Jesus because the crowd was so thick you couldn't get in. And Jesus could clearly see he was ill and paralyzed. What did he do? He didn't talk about his sickness at all. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. God's order of things sometimes is a bit different than sometimes we think it is. We pray for a need or a problem or a situation and Jesus sends an answer totally out of left field to sort out our attitude or our heart or forgiveness or hope or deal with all that stuff first before he gives the breakthrough. Because Jesus knows you can have the breakthrough if you don't deal with this and this, then you'll just end up back in the same situation. So Jesus will sometimes talk about forgiveness of sin. He'll sometimes talk about your position or authority in Christ. He'll sometimes talk about dealing with the fear and other people's opinions, control over your life before the breakthrough of sickness or transformation happens in your family or your relationships. Because Jesus has authority over all things, but he wants us to surrender to his authority. And we see also in uh, Matthew seven twenty eight, when Jesus had finished these sayings, the Sermon on the Mount, which is just an amazing sermon there in Matthew 5, 6 and 7, the crowds were astonished, overwhelmed with bewildered wonder at his teaching. For he was teaching as one who had and was authority and not as did the scribes. You see that? It says he had and was authority. People can have authority because they've got a name on their desk or they've got a title on their uh, business card or they've got a position of influence. But how much more awesome is it when someone not only has a title of authority but they actually live out of authority? It's so powerful. We've all had bosses or um, maybe a parent or someone in authority over our lives that we just didn't think that they should be doing what they're doing. They've got the title, but they're not living out of it with integrity, with care. They're not exercising their authority with wisdom and maturity. And I remember I worked in the bank years ago, and we had a supervisor in the bank, and he was an absolute rascal. He'd been there for so long, he knew all the systems. His desk was always clear, and all of us were working like crazy because he just delegated everything out to us. And he'd tick a few things and sign a few things. And he got, he got away with it all the time. And the rest of the staff hated him because he was so clever. He had his position of authority, but he wasn't using it to do proper and train people and all that. And he would just sit there smug, looking at us and getting upset at us because we didn't have the work done in time. But he wasn't lifting a finger and he delegated everything out. And I prayed and said, Lord, you're going to have to sort this guy out because I don't know how we're going to do it. He'd been doing it for years. Until one day, a very wise old uh, inspector came through the bank to check out, make sure everything was in order. Within about three hours, he worked this guy out. And he started to dig a bit deeper and and have a look. And he he sat over there ticking, but he was watching this guy all day and worked out what he was doing. Well, he took him to the cleaners and really put the pressure on him. He was a different man after that because someone called him. He was living out of his position, but not out of his proper authority and doing what he was supposed to be doing. I thought, wow, Lord, help us never be like that. And Father, if we've been uh, affected by that, help us to walk with wisdom. We need to respect the position of authority, but people need to exercise it right. And it's so easy. And sometimes we've been gone through a pain or abuse or uh, controllers that have used authority wrong, and you can react it to the person, but God says respect the position but then deal with the issues appropriately. 
with a right, respectful attitude, and God will honor that. So number one, if you want to live in victory, remember Jesus has all authority. Number two, he's imparted this authority to us. So we need to have authority internally and externally. Marilyn and I are the pastors of the church, and we could use that power and influence in all sorts of positive ways, or we could misuse it if we wanted to. But boy, we've a long time ago, when God called us into ministry and leadership, I take very seriously the challenge that the responsibility is always way higher than any privileges that come. And you, if you're in a leadership or a place of authority in your, for every parent, for every boss, for any area of influence, you need to realize the responsibility must be always much higher than any privileges that come with your place of authority. Otherwise, you can get on power trips or you can get a sense of entitlement. And that just stinks. When someone's living out of entitlement, regardless of what they're doing, build relationship, live out of Integrity, have internal authority and external authority and God will bless you abundantly and he'll give you more authority in the spirit realm over the works of the enemy. And God will teach us how to do that. So we need to know who you are in Jesus and who Jesus is in us. We need to have confidence. That's what that verse said. We have, live your lives with unshakable confidence. The enemy tries to rob your confidence. Other people will come out of condemnation, out of competition, out of jealousy, out of judgment to try and rip off your confidence. But how awesome is it that God just keeps building it up? You start reading about how much he loves you and believes in you and what he paid the price for you and the authority that we have in Christ so we can grow in confidence. We need to grow in boldness. Boldness is not being noisy like me. Boldness is a quiet but a strength of confidence and life. I'm noisy because I'm an extrovert. Um, but you just be, be yourself and let it come out. I love seeing a school teacher in a classroom. Doesn't have to yell and rant to keep control. They just walk around and all the kids know who's in charge. You know, I've watched it in families where there might be chaos in a house and all of a sudden the grandfather or grandmother walks in the room and everything changes because they carry authority, and they know it, but they don't misuse it. How powerful is that? Or, or a boss, you can have some people in leadership misuse it, and no one trusts them, and someone else walks in the room, and everything changes, because they carry internal and external authority, out of relationship, out of trust. That's how God wants us as believers to live. We carry this authority, but we don't misuse it for selfish gain, and we don't misuse it to override and overrule other people's faith or their journey, but we say, Holy Spirit, how do I share what you've given me to help others to grow in their journey of faith? And that's maturity. And when you have that, God will keep trusting you with more because he, people are safe and he, God says, hey, I can trust that person because I know that they're going to use what I give them, any sphere of influence, and it's going to bless people and bring kingdom life to people's hearts. And he loves us so much and, and his grace pours through us. So if you want to live in authority, you need to realize that he has imparted to us. You need to pray with authority. How awesome are you in a prayer meeting and you're praying away and all of a sudden someone starts to pray and everything shifts. We're all praying nice prayers. And then all of a sudden someone starts to pray with authority. Doesn't mean their voice is louder or they pray longer. Sometimes just a short prayer, but it's when someone's living in a place of relationship and authority with Christ, they just speak it out. 
I remember Tuesday morning, this Tuesday I was praying, here we do a prayer meeting on Tuesday morning from 6.30 to 8, and there's only one or two or three or four come sometimes, but I've learned, I was praying about something in church life, and about halfway through the prayer, something shifted. I stopped praying with hope, and I prayed with knowing. It get any louder, but this, this authority came, started coming out, and I thought, wow, this is going to really happen. It's like, you know, you don't doubt it's going to happen. And, and you, you're praying, and all of a sudden, it shifts, and you're now praying in authority, not in hope or wishing something might shift or change. I believe there's a whole lot of us need to start to pray more with authority. You need to speak the word with confession and authority. It says, confess the word, declare, profess. And as you speak it with authority, something shifts. It, it shifts in the heavenlies and often shifts in people's hearts, but it shifts in here and here first and then something shifts out there. And I believe when we worship, when we pray, when we speak, when we confess, when we declare instead of just describing, we're all good at describing the problem or the need or the pain. God says, I don't want you just to describe, get emotionally honest, and then you need to declare the word of the Lord and say, this has to shift. This has to change. We need to declare the word of the Lord that our city will be changed. The other part of the picture, which I just remembered now when we were worshiping this morning, where I saw the name of Jesus flashing and I saw your name, I then, for a glimpse, saw the name of Harvey Bay and the name of Jesus intertwined and both flash. I saw the name of Jesus with authority over our city and over our community. And in the name of Jesus, we're going to see things shift. We're going to see things shift because Jesus is Lord. And as we partner with his authority, things shift just like the disciples found when they went into towns. All of a sudden, the authority of the name of Jesus started to shift darkness and fear and pain. And I believe that God wants us to speak, to pray, to declare, to sing, to live in authority, not in a place of weakness, not in a place of shame or I don't know if we can really shake this. God says, hey, I've given you all authority and carry that authority with you. Carry it in your heart. It's what you know. It's not what the Bible says. It's not what Jesus says, it's what you know that he says It makes the difference. That's when you move in authority. Remember the first time I prayed for someone to get free from an evil spirit? I was uh, thrown into a situation, we had a big lineup of people and I, the pastor said, take him out the back and get him free. So I go out the back and I'm praying and doing everything I've seen everyone else do and nothing's happening. And I said to him, do you want to be free? And he says, no, I don't really want to be free. He was a backslidden Christian, he knew exactly what was going on, he'd been into the occult and he didn't want to be free. But when he was in the presence of God, he started to manifest because the spirits within manifest. I learned a whole lot. But I, I had to realize that you've got to know your authority. I remember a, a lady that tried to attack us. She was walking down the aisle in the church in Budrum. And uh, she was coming down the aisle and I saw her. She had evil intent. I don't know if she had a weapon or not, but she was walking down the aisle and I said, Jesus, what do I do? And he says, just take your authority and speak the name of Jesus. And I said, in Jesus' name, stop. And this lady was thrown to the ground by the power of God as she was walking down the aisle. I mean, everyone woke up in that service and we, we, had, we had everyone's attention from then on. Doesn't happen every week, but you've got to realize that you have an authority in Jesus' name. And we let so much stuff go on in our households and our community that God says you've got to learn to live in the authority I've given you. Don't use it unwisely, but learn to pray and to speak 
Speak it in love and truth, but I believe God. Step up and live in the authority we have in Christ. Not in rudeness, not in control, but in a way of life that Jesus gave to us. And we've left it aside. We let the enemy harass us and overwhelm us and our community. And I believe it's time to step up and declare in prayer and faith over your family, over your body, in the name of Jesus. Lead with authority and love. And lastly, to have authority, you need to be under authority. Well, this is the test where some of us don't do so well. Because we've had authorities that have misused their authority, they've abused it, they've, we haven't trusted them. And so sometimes we get the person and the position and the attitude all mixed up. That's what the enemy wants you to do. We need to understand the position of authority, the person of authority, and the attitude that we need to have as a believer. When you get those in right order, no matter what's going around you, the Spirit of God can flow through you. But we all get challenged, and, and the enemy messes that up, because sometimes we've had a parent or a, or a teacher or a pastor or someone in life, even a, a corrupt policeman, we think, well, hold on, I'm supposed to obey him, but they're doing wrong. We've all seen those things happen. But God says, hey, I want you to understand the power of how this works. Romans 13.1 says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Clear? We don't like reading some of these verses. I've talked with people. I've talked with young people. I've talked with older people. They said, there's a whole lot of stuff going alive. And we start praying and sooner or later you get to the real issues. There's a major authority issue in their life. Sometimes through pain and brokenness. Sometimes through faulty thinking. And they can't move on because they keep bringing judgment on themselves. How come I got free of that but next week I'm back in it? Sometimes there's an authority issue of surrender to the Lordship of Jesus and being healed and restored and attitudes to delegated authority, whether they're doing it all right or not, it'll keep bringing you under judgment and messing up your life. Whoa, that's a bit scary. But this is the truth. And when some people have finally come to see this, ask God to take them on a journey of healing and restoration for things that have gone horribly wrong but as they do, they come into a freedom and release and then they're able to pray blessing on that person and sometimes God then starts to change their lives. That's the power of forgiveness and understanding authority and how it works. It's very difficult in families, in marriages where there's sometimes stuff goes on and I'm not advocating anything inappropriate. We need healthy boundaries. We need to be safe. I understand all that. But God wants to teach us with wisdom how this works. And the Spirit of God is there to help us. It goes on and says, For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. You're driving down the road and you see the police car coming the other way. Immediately you have a little mental check. Yep, I'm not speeding. Yep, I do have my license renewed. Yep, the car is registered. I'm not on the wrong side of the road. 
and then you can smile as a policeman drives past. But if any of those, you're not on your mobile phone, yeah. If any of those lines are crossed, think, oh, I hope they didn't see me. Then you're driving along with fear. Hope they don't turn around and follow me. Yeah. <laughs> Enough said. We'll move on because that's a bit too, <laughs> a bit too challenging, that scripture. Verse 4. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. Oh, oh God. He is God's servant, an age of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. That's really too heavy. Let's move on quickly. <laughs> Ephesians 1.20. This is about Jesus. That was re- released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realms. Wow, wow, wow. Paul's writing this from prison in Ephesus, which had the the huge statue and uh, place of the goddess Diana and Artemis, which were the supreme rulers in their known world at that. Hundreds of thousands of people would come for the festivals and they'd have statues and everything there. He's writing this in the middle of that place and saying, Jesus is the one of all authority. He got thrown in a prison because of his declaring Jesus the ultimate authority, not the goddess Diana or Artemis. So he paid a price, but he declared the truth that Jesus is Lord. It goes on and says... And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. And he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, His church, are His body on the earth and that which fills Him who is being filled by it. Do you get that last verse? We are His body. He's the head. And what the head says flows through the body and we live out His authority on this earth. How amazing is that? And I think, wow, Lord, I don't read these verses enough. I live way below that way too often. Oh, Jesus. And we don't go like Peter cutting people's ears off and challenging everyone who's not living a right lifestyle. You've got to walk with grace and wisdom and there's a place of influence and relationship. We know that. But I believe God wants us to live in a new place of authority and freedom. James 4, 7 helps us understand this. In the Amplified it says, Be subject to the authority of God, the Amplified says to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. People say, it doesn't work. I said, okay, let's have a look at the scriptures again. Are you submitting to the authority of God over your life? So, yep, I am. I said, okay, let's read that again, and let's ask the Holy Spirit, are you submitting to the authority? Oh, yeah, there's a few things I'm sort of been fudging on. I said, okay, let's have a talk, and let's see what the Holy Spirit's saying. We're not... We're not trying to condemn anyone, but we want them to live in freedom. Because if you start resisting the enemy and you're not living under the authority of God, he's not going to listen to you. But he has to when we understand authority and we're submitted to the lordship of Jesus over our lives. 
then things shift in the spiritual and earthly. And you've got to resist the enemy and says, stand firmly against him. Sometimes we say, enemy in Jesus' name be gone. Then we move on with our life and wonder why things don't change. It says to stand firmly and resist. Submit to the authority of God. Stand firmly and resist. Ephesians 6, 12. Stand. Keep on standing. Keep on standing. And as you do, the enemy gets sick of you standing and says, I'm going to find an easier target. Jesus, help us to know the authority that we have in Christ. The authority that lives internally in here, that comes out of your mouth, that comes out of your attitudes, that comes out of your heart. And I believe God's stirring us as believers individually and corporately to live with a new place of influence, of leadership and authority. Oh God, this is so, so exciting that God's teaching us how to live in this place of authority. Submit to God. The passion says, so then surrender to God, stand up to the devil and resist him and he will turn and run away from you. That's our position of leadership. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. And I've learned over the years. I've had one or two spiritual leaders that have not been the easiest. We had one pastor years ago. He was a Dutchman. He was very black and white. And at times I, I had to really wrestle, keep my heart right, because some of the things he said... They weren't wrong, but the way he did it was so hard. But the Lord says, respect his position and learn to understand and ask questions. And if you keep your heart right, then you will grow. Because he was a man of the Spirit and taught me how to move in the realm of the Holy Spirit. But I could have easily got offended lots of times. But I understood, with God's help, this journey. There's been other pastors and leaders that are sometimes, I just think, have done the dumbest ways and things. And I'm thinking, God, that doesn't make any sense. I said, okay, that's where you're at. Keep your heart right. Pray blessing on them. Learn what you can. And if needed, learn not to do. I said, okay, that'll help me. <laughs> and sometimes you see a boss doing stuff. You think, that's not the best way to handle people. Say, okay, just tick the box saying, Lord, I'm learning what not to do. Instead of getting angry and upset and causing strife, it's, it's an attitude of heart and God's blessing flows. And he brings freedom and release over our hearts. A couple more verses to wrap it up today as the team comes. Romans 8, 29, 28 says, And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. For, this, for those he, whom he knew and loved and chose before, and he also predestined to be conformed to the image and ultimately share in his complete sanctification, so that he would be the firstborn, the most beloved and honoured among many believers. It goes on and said, if God be for us, who can be against us? It then goes on down into verse 37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us so much that he died for us. For I am convinced and continue to be convinced. I like that. In other words, you can't be talked out of it. You ever talk someone into something? God wants us to be people who are convinced and will continue to be convinced of who Jesus is, His authority is real, and that we're overcomers. And then it says, 
convinced beyond any doubt that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Let's stand in His presence today. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 